0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We're going to discuss the fellowship episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey Pastor Joel. Hey Pastor Jonathan. How's that episode? That what was are your great. thoughts? Yeah, what I are your thoughts? I feel great.
1: I feel really great about it. It felt really <laughs> clean. It felt like holy cow. Just flying through it, man. Yeah it felt fast i don't know how long it was but it felt fast but i i feel like there's a lot more we could unpack fellowship is widely misunderstood widely misapplied but i feel like everything we hit on that episode really hit the main points of what a person would need to do to understand it and to even to try it out with with another person or persons but yeah so that's that's how i felt about the episode i felt really good about it yeah. I think it's
0: really cool that we're talking about fellowship and how this impacts the the four causes of church and how that impacts the church versus it being like fellowship and relationship with God and the individual. But also how this relates to the people and I think this whole idea of this emotional health of the church this emotional measure is really huge
1: yeah and that that is something else that that i thought of and i wanted to save it for this this episode because this is definitely more a deeper dive into some of the implications of fellowship um it reminded me of the laborers episode we did the emotional health this is the emotional health The benefit of emotional health in the church comes through fellowship. Yeah. Which is one of the two things that was missing in the group of people that Jesus had compassion on. Remember in Matthew chapter nine, they were distressed and scattered. And it was one of those terms meant that they were disunified, right? Yes. There was no agreement. And. What we learned is that laborers help people be brought up in their thought process and help people be connected to one another and grow in agreement. So the job of a laborer, half of it, is really facilitating fellowship, and really, the church, it's the job. The job of the church is to have that. Like this is one of the causes of church. So another way you could see Matthew chapter nine, and one of the reasons Jesus may have had compassion on these people is because it was a group of people together who are disunified, who are cast down in their thought process. And I think he was looking in in another way to summarize what he was thinking and feeling is these people aren't experiencing church the way they should be. Mm. Or they specifically are one of the things they're not experiencing is fellowship. So I think, you know, the, the work of the laborer becomes easier when a church is actually operating according to the four causes and especially fellowship so that was another thing that i was struck in when we did this especially we're trying to identify what is what is the the benefit of each of these four causes of church Mm -hmm. the benefit of fellowship is the providing of emotional health
0: so that's where I, I don't feel like I have friends at church. That's, that's your, I don't feel, yeah I feel like I'm showing up to this place and I come in and then I leave. It doesn't feel like family. It doesn't, I don't really care. Like, I, I don't really, I'm not getting to know these people or, and that's where people feel disconnected.
1: Yeah. I've heard a story I don't know if I've shared this before on one of our episodes. I imagine there will be times we're repeating, but either way, it applies. I heard a story of a woman who, when the pandemic happened, her church went virtual. A year or two later, her church opened back up and she decided, I'm going to stay virtual. My church is still offering it. And she said her reason because her experience with the service on her couch was no different than when she went to the church building. Mm. Why is that? There's no fellowship. There you go. Sitting next to a person and watching TV together and not talking is the same as sitting and watching TV by yourself as it relates to fellowship. Right. And that's really what this person experiences. It was no different for her to be around all these people in the same church building as it related to fellowship than it was for her to be on her couch. In fact, she essentially argued it was better for her to be at home by herself. If it was the same, she may have been likely to go back to the church building. The reason she stayed at home is I think she found it even more safe. And that's really, you talk about this. One of the ways we experience the safe feeling a church is meant to provide is through fellowship. It's through Mm -hmm. feeling connected to these people emotionally. That's where we feel safe. Yeah,
0: that's huge. Can you give us an overview of the strict and loose side, Pastor Joel?
1: The strict is this defining fellowship along the lines of communicating about God and or the Bible. So, for instance, when when I have a Bible study with a person... Let's say we hang out together for an hour and we talk about the book of Mark. Mm -hmm. And after that hour, we're done interacting. And all we did was talk about the book of Mark and study the Bible and learn together. And this person says to me, it was great fellowshipping with you today. That is a flawed application or view of fellowship just because we're talking about God or reading the Bible or studying the Bible together doesn't mean we're fellowshipping and that's how largely the the strict side defines it so we so
0: you were talking about the Bible we're praying you know here's my prayer request hmm. and I just say hey my daughter is really struggling I'd like to pray about that or people read this passage and they share about what it means. They're not deeply sharing. They're not necessarily being known and being deeply known. They're not knowing or being deeply known at those Bible studies or at those prayer meetings.
1: Right. So those things can happen at Bible studies and prayer meetings, but, but to define just because I'm talking about God or because the subject matter is the Bible doesn't mean we're fellowshipping. And especially like, and that's what you kind of, what you did there is you brought up a good point is just because I share deeply with you doesn't mean I'm having any intention or objective to understand you at a deep level either. Yeah. So remember fellowship is an agreement between two or more people
0: yeah that's so true so it's i am getting to know you and you are getting to know me so it's both it's both ways fellowship is a is a two-way street it's not a bunch of people getting to know me right because that's that that's essentially me looking for fans not looking for friends yeah yeah yeah
1: that's a good way to say it
0: so and then what's the what so that's the strict side. What it, that's it's, the strict side is superficial. Let's talk about God. Let's uh, talk about the Bible. Oh, before we go to the loose side, there is a way to take that perspective and bring it down to the fellowship level, and that is something that both of our churches do. So we go. Oh man, my church is so superficial when you share about the Bible, and we. Do prayer. It's like, they're so superficial. Well, guess what? You could do is, if it's at all appropriate, to share why you're making the prayer request and to give a little background and share from yourself about why you want to have this prayer request. And you could turn that into a fellowship opportunity, or you can turn it also with other people reading the Bible about why this passage impacts you and have the Bible be a stimulus that helps you then share about yourself and be known to other
1: people. Right. And, and I think we, I think another way to see this too is just because it's, it's the what, why, and the how, or it's these different levels, you know, the, what if just because what we're talking about is God doesn't mean it's fellowship. Right. But, Ultimately, when you get down to the how and even the why, even if what we're talking about isn't God, fellowship ought to be done by a person allowing God to work through them towards the other person or persons. It is done in love, and it's ultimately done by God's grace working through us to one another. So God's involved. But the mistake comes is when his involvement is merely at the what level. Just because what we're talking about is God doesn't mean it's fellowship. Nice. But I like what you did because there, like I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like you can't have fellowship at these Bible studies or prayer meetings. You can. Totally. Just being really clear about how we define fellowship.
0: And I love what you said because it is, is it's if people are sharing superficially at church about prayers or about the Bible, asking them the why, like you said, why in that verse? Oh, you know what verse I love? Uh, yeah. I think Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. And it's like, uh,
1: everybody likes prodding. that every, verse. Every, do you?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why does that impact you? Yeah, What's the story about uh, that verse and how that yeah. impacted you or how that helped you. Let me get to know you.
1: You know, and and Pastor Tater helped us understand the strict side a little better too. When it's this idea that when believers keep each other focused on being busy for God, where it's like this, so not only is God the subject, yeah, But it's, you have, and that's, remember the strict side is going to be a list of behaviors you have to do. So talk about God, do these Bible studies, pray yeah. together, yeah. go and serve in some capacity. Go together to a homeless shelter, go together to a food pantry, etc. cetera, right? Keeping each other focused on being busy for God. Fellowship, right? You have to do all this stuff together. It's like, yeah, we there's there's a right way and a right meaning, uh, a right means in which to do these things. And what we're talking about right now is let's just not lump that together with fellowship because we're missing this huge emotional benefit that the church is meant to offer nice. when we misunderstand and misapply fellowship. So on the loose side, it's simply having fellowship or believing that fellowship is the relationship I immediately get just upon being a Christian. Now that I'm a Christian, I'm in fellowship with these other believers. Why? Because I'm a Christian. Mm. you know, and this is really an effort of, to of, of trying to feel better about the situation of my life without really taking any responsibility over my life. So what's the simplest way I can define this and try to get the benefit, try to get the benefit of emotional help health, with health without taking any responsibility? Yeah, fellowship just that's what happens when you become a Christian. Now all these all these other Christians are your brothers and sisters in Christ.
0: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense that people confuse that especially upon conversion. Yeah. So because people feel so connected to right. other people, you know, if you go and you go to an altar call, you feel very connected to all of the people that are there. You become a believer and born again, you profess salvation and who Jesus is, and then there's a lot of people that see you do that and and they go, "Welcome to the family," and you feel so connected to them. And to everyone there and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm a Christian." you're a christian it's like we're brother and sister yeah. ah! yep. uh-huh. and that's kind of where it stops yeah for most for most people so that's where you you just you fight so how do you grow and that's what we're talking about how do we grow that emotional how do we mm. grow that connection with people intentionally so that it's not just conversion and then months or a few years later they're disconnected going all you know say basically saying
1: jesus doesn't work right yeah again not justifying god and really rationalizing their own behavior
0: yeah so that's what would kind of help someone if we if we're interacting with someone who's in this loose perspective if they believe that fellowship is being a Christian, simply what we can do. And this is what I, I, is really exciting to me is when we are, when we're talking about who can confront you, Yeah. who, who, who have you opened your life up to that will, sh- that you will receive them showing you where you're wrong.
1: Yeah. That's right. That question we asked in the, what the flock episode. When's the last time a deeply held belief of yours was challenged? That's why we ask that because it comes right at the heart of what's the measure of a person having the ability to speak into your life. It's when they show you an area where they believe you're wrong in your first response is to hear them. Yeah. Not to disagree. It's to listen and to consider that they could be right about what they're saying.
0: And that, man, what an incredible way to grow in intimacy with someone oh, who's right. willing to, who cares about you or are, are we willing to care about people enough to love them by helping them see where they're wrong for their benefit. So we're not saying be bullies. We're not saying make, no. so, make signs that expose the sin in the lives of people. No. We're just saying is, is there a loving and caring way that you can confront someone that you're that is a part of your church that you're growing in a community with. We're even saying that like do that in your community. If yeah. you don't feel connected to other people, who's confronting you and who are you
1: confronting? Right. And again, going back to a fellowship being us in love, allowing God's spirit to flow through our uniqueness towards one another. What you're really talking about here is who in your community have you given the right and has given the right to you to operate in this way that the Father cares for us? Isn't he the greatest at caring for his children through confronting them in the areas where they need to grow so wouldn't a person who's being led by his spirit also be providing that benefit to the people they're in fellowship with yeah yeah so it's really and i think that the big thing we miss is we it sucks being wrong right it hurts and we don't like that feeling but it's like God shows us where we're wrong because he loves us and he wants us to grow. The people we're in fellowship are doing it for the same reason, because they love you and they want you to grow. And if that's not why they're doing it and how they're doing it, well, then it might be somebody who is bullying you. Hmm. And in the, in the, in the face of fellowship, really it's a disguise right
0: i'm just being in fellowship with you so i'm gonna abuse you and and judge you and berate you that's not
1: it Yeah, it sounds like doing something with an expectation then
0: yeah that's true so again this is not love right so i want to look at these three categories pastor joel of of the people related to their self-esteem and how that Um, how this topic affects the church and impacts people's self-esteem. So can you bring us through those three categories?
1: Low self-esteem people take. Yeah. They don't love, they take. And they may, and, and they're often deceiving in how they do it. So you may not know it's taking. So this would be an example of a person saying, well, Jonathan, you should do this thing to me because we're in fellowship. You should do this thing for me. You should give this thing to me because we're in fellowship. That's really a low self-esteem person mm. using this concept of fellowship for their own gain and doing so, be, you know, because they have a low self-esteem. I feel good about myself when other people do things for me. Then self-esteem, that's the uh, the people we understand why they do what they do. Where the low self esteem, those are people we feel sorry for, because man, that path ends poorly, mm-hmm. and it hurts. Yeah, the mid self esteem people, they get frustrated. I love this this thing we we talked about how they see Christians oftentimes as fake. So these mm-hmm. people are grown in their self esteem enough to start taking risks with people as far as sharing more vulnerably, vulnerably and being more open about what's really going on in their life and their high enough self-esteem where they also know they're not alone in the way they think and feel or someone in low self-esteem. A lot of times they feel alone and they feel like I'm the only one going through this. Someone at mid self-esteem has enough self-esteem to know no, everybody's feeling the way I'm feeling. And that's why I'm frustrated because these people are faking it. Mm. So I feel disconnected because no one's being real. There's no possible fellowship with this community because they're all fake. So I'm going to leave because I'm having a deeper intimacy with the friends outside of church than I am inside. And then the high self-esteem people are, they're lovers and leaders, right? These are people who are trying to find more people to deeply know and to be ne- deeply known to. And are people who the ones they've already made agreements to be in fellowship with are treating it like a driver, treating it like something that can always get better and deeper. It's not about having the most or a lot of people quantitatively to be in fellowship with
0: Mm.
1: it's about having a profitable amount that continues to get better over time that brings me to one more thing i wanted to share yeah because we even churches quantitatively the size of yours and mine we have small churches yeah Even in our churches, not everybody is, quote, in fellowship with everybody else, unquote. Yeah. But we are all connected through fellowship. That's cool. And one of the ways that we've learned to facilitate that is this. First, I'll say this. You should have fellowship with at least one person who's in fellowship with God. If not, I can guarantee if your emotional health is Not already a disaster. It will be. But what we encourage people to do is try to have at least three people that you're in fellowship or growing in fellowship with.
0: I'm so glad you're talking about this. This is awesome.
1: This was a game changer when we learned this. I'm so glad. A few years back at Music Life Church, wasn't it? Oh,
0: dude. Yes. I'm so glad you brought this up. I would have totally regret. I would have totally regret not bringing this up. So... Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so, this is a game changer.
1: Attention those who are listening. Yeah. Game changer. Wee you wee you wee. Yeah, and a big prop big props to our friend and and uh fellow warrior Laura. Yes, thank you Laura for teaching us this. The three people fit three different categories. Now, all three of these people are at the fellowship level. So, each one of these three people, there would have been an intentional agreement made where you and that other person have determined we want to be deeply known and deeply know the other. We are willing to share everything with one another. We will operate in love towards one another, speaking into each other's lives. Yes. Now, the reality is, everybody's at a different level of maturity and a different level of an ability to love. Yes. So even when you're in fellowship with someone, there tends to be a degree of separation as to how much one person is loving over the other person. Now the agreement would be both people are loving. This is fellowship again, remember, but one person tends to love more than the other, especially if we're talking about different levels of self-esteem, different mm-hmm. levels of spiritual maturity, different levels of experience. So the three categories, Now have we built it up, up, up enough now, Pastor Jonathan?
0: Dude, I'm so happy. <laughs> I am like, I'm so jacked. Uh, uh, thank you
1: so much. <laughs> so if you're all still listening, here you go. Oh, this everybody, is awesome. Everybody ought to have fellowship with at least one person who is loving them more than they are loving that person. And this is big
0: picture, right? Yes. We're gonna assess overall. this over overall. Yes. Over all of your interactions. Look at all of those. Yeah. Right.
1: So are you in fellowship with a person who is loving you more than you are loving them? The second person would be a person that you would say overall or generally speaking, we love one another about the same. And then the third person would be a person where you overall, generally speaking, love that person more than they love you. Now, again, these are generalities, but it's very easy to find like this when we were taught this it was pretty easy for everybody to identify which category they were in with the people they already had fellowship with but one of the this is really if if your church if every person in your church has three people in in those different categories of fellowship or levels of fellowship i'd i'd likely say that your church has a healthy level of fellowship It does that, and that would be a way to facilitate this idea of not everyone in our church is in fellowship with everyone in our church, but we are all connected through fellowship. Nice, meaning there's not a person in the church that's not in fellowship with at least one other person, right? Who's in our church, we're all connected through fellowship. So, I may not be in fellowship with this other person but I'm in fellowship with Jonathan who is in fellowship with this other person. So we're connected through fellowship. This is also a way to work out one. It's great to have somebody who's, you know, in your life that is caring for you, someone you can go to who, you know, in a, in a crap time is going to love you. Yeah. It's great to have somebody who's a peer that you can kind of, you know, champion one another. And yep. it's great to have a person that you can see as somebody that you are trying to develop and mentor. Yes. And that's how all three of those levels really facilitate so much. And, and really it, it is a surefire way to have a really great emotionally healthy life.
0: And if everyone, so that's, so everyone, like we say, emotional, healthy, kind of bare minimum for a church would be everyone's in fellowship with they have someone that they're in fellowship with
1: at least one person right? at
0: least one person and that is within the church is that right yeah Yeah. because it's the four causes of church of one church right right so it if someone's answer is well i'm in fellowship with god and that's my person what is your response to that?
1: How did that work out for Adam and Eve?
0: Oh, oh, exactly. Or really, just just let's, let's not Throw
1: Eve under the bus here. How'd that work out for Adam? Because yeah,
0: because Adam's walking around, right? And and God says it's not good that man should be alone. Right. So now God's me, and, yeah. definition of being alone
1: is us and him, and having one hundred percent complete undiluted access to him and it still isn't good, which we know from season three, that would mean it's not profitable. Yep. There's no profit in one person with God. So I would say to a person who says my fellowship with Jesus alone is enough or my fellowship with God alone is enough or my fellowship with God, Jesus and the Holy spirit alone is enough. One, I could ask them the question we said, how'd that work out for Adam? But in my head, what I'm thinking is this person is isolated. Yep. And they are on the path to a hard crash.
0: Yep. And God says that is not good. Right. It's not good that that should happen.
1: And thanks for bringing that up. Because that I have heard that. Oh, haven't we? Where it, it breaks my heart. Yep. And that's where it's like, well,
0: if you're like, okay, I should, then you should feel connected to any community that you're a part of, if that's actually a good answer, but it's not, it's right. not a good answer.
1: God even says that's not a good answer yeah.
0: he says it's <laughs> not good.
1: Right. It's not and good. That's the mistake, man, yeah. The mistake of taking that it's not good. That man should be alone and saying, well, that means he wants men to get married to women. No, that's the context.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: The doctrine though, is isolation's bad. That's right. So the, the deeper meaning is this man, it's not good that man should be alone applies to every human being, not just right. men get married. Right. Man. So those are our
0: categories. We w- so we want someone that we're, we're giving to. They might be. They might be taking more than they're giving and that's okay. We're trying to help them get to the place where their self-esteem is going to rise. Like you talk about mentoring, right? Yeah. Yep. We have someone who we're equal to yep. and then we have, and then we have someone who's ab- above us, who's helping us, who's loving and leading us. Right. That's amazing. So we can have those levels of self-esteem in relation to fellowship with the people around us. Not to say that they are low, mid, or high, because I could be loving and leading someone who I'm giving more to as a pastor that is still high self-esteem. But those three categories kind of work that way. Yep. So what is... The ultimate answer, Pastor Joel.
1: Fellowship is social intercourse. It is a willingness to share everything you have, do, and are with another person, minus sexual intercourse. And this is applicable. In this episode, we're really talking about the church. This applies to God. It's the same thing. But in the church, this level of intimacy we all ache and desire for with the Lord, with Jesus, Via His Holy Spirit is the same level of intimacy we can and ought to be at with one another by God's Spirit. It's a willingness and a desire to be deeply known and to deeply know another person.
0: Willingness, willing, not yeah. sitting down with a list saying all of your deepest, darkest sins to the person that you've made a commitment of fellowship with.
1: Yeah, and we've seen that before too. (laughs) Let's get there as quick as possible. So I'll just tell you the five worst things I've ever done in my life.
0: Yep, not for your benefit, not in a way that's safe, just dumping. Yep. Yep. Willing, and it's love. Driven by love. Exactly. So if you're interacting with someone in fellowship, before you can share something, before you share something, you can talk about the ways in which you can share information in a loving way. Right. So before you before you just share your deepest, darkest secrets, why don't you ask, hey, would it be a benefit if I shared this with you?
1: Which that brings or- up another great point. So I know when we were first learning about fellowship, a lot of times it was this Let's do it. Let's try it. Let's go hard at it. Let's make this agreement and just say, yes. Okay, let's go. We're now in the last, I don't know, five years or so, maybe more, you know, getting getting older now, aren't we? Yeah. I've had people ask me, would I be interested in, in growing in fellowship with them? And usually my first question now is this, what does that look like for you? hmm And that's a great place to start. And and I want to let everybody know, listening, you have permission, not for me, but just in reality, I would even say from God to ask that person, what does that mean to you? What does that look like? Because fellowship isn't something to be messed around with. It's something to be taken very seriously. And And the reason the church is missing it is because we don't take it seriously enough. And we don't understand it to the level that God wants us to. So you are within your rights. What any person makes any request of you to ask them, what does that mean? Can you explain that for me? Show me what that looks like. That is awesome
0: because the ultimate answer is social intercourse. If you meet someone and drop your pants, and start going at it. That is not safe. (laughs) No, it isn't. Hey, you want to do this thing? Well, sure, but you you know, okay, let's go. You know, no, that's not how this works. There's an intimacy component that we are all craving. So we ought to treat intimate topics like are the words that we're sharing with each other intimately. Yes, it, it might take some time and that's okay. Part of being growing up is realizing that being intimate with another human being is not this flick of a switch type of situation. You know, with Morgan and I, intimacy and being intimate with our words, you know, with ourselves, with all that we are is a process. And so So, we want to treat it with great care. And there's a lot of communication that happens.
1: So if fellowship is social intercourse, then the process to getting to that level of intimacy, which you could say is the deepest level of social intimacy. Yeah. That process would be like foreplay. Where you're warming one another, you're helping each other feel safe. Right. Before you get to that. So I love that you introduced the whole pants drop thing. And as silly as that is, but that is such like that is such a perfect illustration that maybe will drive the point home of really how important this is to everybody listening. You're talking about the deepest level of social intimacy as intimate as sexual intercourse is at the social level that's fellowship
0: right so we need to be very careful when 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 we're talking about fellowship because we don't want to be dropping our pants nor do we we want to be pantsing other people Yeah. yeah and that's a lot of times the abuse that we see is you know a pastor initiating fellowship Onto people, share the deepest thing that's going on in your life without them being open and vulnerable and and truthful with the people that are around them.
1: Right, right. Where it
0: is, it's a two, it's a two-way street. So we shouldn't be, you know, pantsing people. We shouldn't be dropping our pants with people. It's like it that's silly. So, It's silly. It's so I'm... silly, but we do it with our words constant oh
1: we do that's why i'm like i feel like you and i should be laughing right now because that is funny the visual yeah but i'm not laughing because it works it fits so well and it and honestly i i feel like it's more than i want to laugh i'm grieved
0: and that's and that's what it is is that that's because it's it's putting words to the damage of a lot of of what a lot of pastors and especially a lot of pastors a lot of leaders a lot of senior people do is they walk up to some person who's a young Christian or you know we're the pastor we're in this position of authority or they're a new believer or we've been a Christian for this long or we have this position etc etc and we force fellowship onto someone and we're too too intimate with our words too quick and it's like pantsing someone. Yeah.
1: And that is humiliating.
0: It is, it's humiliating is what it is. is. So the way to repair that is by understanding what fellowship is and being careful and caring and taking time with people. Emotional connections and building that connections, it's I mean, this is a process. Why don't we why don't we go out go out on some dates? You know, why don't yeah. we talk? Why don't we share some stories? It's like, and and we should be, I think we ought to be treating our words the same with that same care, with that same love, regardless yeah, love of that. our position or our our age. We can yep. all we can all respect and do that with each other. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Joel. Seriously. I'm like, I'm I'm jacked. I think I'm going to be jacked all day for the fact that you brought up the having fellowship above, below, and equal to you yeah. is such a revelatory, life-changing point. So thank
1: you. Yeah. And thank you for bringing the <laughs> the pan scene analogy. Holy cow. Oh, this, uh, this is like, I'm, I'm going to want I, normally, you know, here's some inside track into the thought process of Joel. Normally, I'm 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 understanding of why we have more traffic on our What the Flock podcast episodes. I think the reach of the What the Flock podcast is greater than the Malk podcast. But after what we just talked about, I'm going to be sad if this episode in particular doesn't get. <laughs> a ton of traction because Mm. we talked about a couple things that are fellowship game changers in this episode. So thank you, pastor Jonathan. It's a pleasure fellowshipping and working with you. Oh,
0: amen, brother. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the music of life church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.